This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. The world of teaching has been changing beneath our feet this past year. Teachers have walked out of their classrooms or even gone on strike in states uh, from West Virginia, North Carolina to Arizona and Colorado and elsewhere. So there's a lot of agitation out there in the teaching community. And then on top of that, the Supreme Court has told teacher unions that they can no longer levy agency fees to cover the cost of collective bargaining on teachers who choose not to join the union. So how are teachers responding to these and other changes that are occurring in American education? To find out, Educators for Excellence has administered a survey to a representative sample of teachers across the country. And I have with me today on the Education Exchange, one of the co-CEOs for Educators for Excellence, uh, Evan Stone. So Evan, thank you very much for joining me on the Education Exchange. Thank you, Paul. It's uh, great to be on. I'm a longtime listener, so it's, it's exciting to be able to share a little bit more about our work and our survey. Well, first of all, tell me a little bit about your organization. I, I'm sure our listeners want to know uh, how long you've been around and, and a, f a few uh, characteristics of your group. Absolutely. Um, so we started uh, about eight years ago. Sydney, my co-founder, and I were teachers in the Bronx. I think like a lot of teachers that were represented in this survey, we were frustrated with uh, what we felt was an inequitable education that didn't give our students what they needed, but also denied teachers, who we see as the real classroom experts, a channel to share their knowledge with decision makers and really to help their students reach their full potential. And so as a result of this disconnect, we wanted to create an organization that uh, flipped that dynamic on its head and made teachers agents of change rather than subjects of change. And so for the last eight years, we've been working to organize build a movement of forward-thinking teachers who are driving policy change in their classrooms and their schools and then their district unions um, and making sure that teachers are at the table whenever these big discussions are happening about their profession. Well, how many teachers are members of your organization? We work with a little over 30,000 teachers at this time, uh, focused in six communities around the country, New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, the Twin Cities in Minnesota, Boston, and then in Bridgeport, Hartford, and New Haven in Connecticut. Wow, so that uh, you've got chapters around the country. Uh, do they pay dues, or are, is this a non-dues-paying group? No dues are charged. Um, uh, we, many of our members contribute voluntarily, but most of our funding comes from uh, outside philanthropy. So now you've done this survey, a survey of over a thousand teachers from across the country, and uh, it's really quite fascinating to see what you have learned. But, uh, uh, but tell me what you think is the most interesting uh, finding that has emerged from your survey. It's hard to narrow it to, to a single finding. Um, I think your introduction did a great job of pulling out some of the key things I was looking towards. But I think the one I'm focused the most on is around teachers' perceptions of their union, uh, particularly after the Janus ruling that, that you referenced. Um, I was really excited to see the broad support of teachers for their unions. Um, but also, underneath that, it was pretty clear that a growing number of teachers feel less than represented by many of their union's positions. Um, and so to me, that 
represented the disconnect between teachers knowing that their unions are one of the only organizations that feels like it has their back and fights for them, but also wanting their unions to shift and change on some key issues around the profession, to focus more on helping teachers be great teachers, to raise the bar for the profession. Um, and in addition to advocating for salary and benefits, to also uh, fight for broader social changes that will benefit their students. Well, now before we go into the details of your, your findings, uh, maybe you could just tell me a little bit about the nuts and bolts of your, your survey. You say you invited 101,000 uh, educational professionals to participate, and in the end you ended up with 1,367 who completed the full survey and who uh, were clearly uh, school teachers. So. How do you know that this is going to be a representative sample? What were some of the things you did to make sure that we've got a cross-section of teachers from around the country? Sure, so that's right. Um, first, what I'll add to the methodology is we formed a teacher advisory group of educators, of EFREE members from across the country that helped develop the questions, worked with uh, Gotham Research Group, who's an independent research firm, to develop the methodology and uh, ensure that we are creating as valid as questions as possible. And you're right, we um, got contact information for over 100,000 teachers um, and sent this survey out and then had 1,000 of them that we were able to confirm were full-time public school teachers and we watched the numbers as they were coming in to ensure we had a representative sample. So it aligns with key demographic variables around gender, region in the country, race and ethnicity, age, years of teaching experience, level of education attained, school type, subjects taught, district versus charter, unionized versus non-unionized. So it is uh, our best attempt at snapshot of teacher perception across the country, as we can do with any, you know, poll, representative poll like well, that's good to, good to know that you've uh, made these special efforts to make sure that you've got a, uh, a balanced uh, survey uh, because uh, a lot of people will wonder if a particular organization has just talked to their own members, but you tried to avoid that. In fact, we didn't even ask the question about are you a member of Educators for Excellence because we thought that could you know, push them to answer subsequent questions in certain ways or not. Um, so. And in the full report, we released all graphic information, and subsequently we'll be putting the whole out so that other organizations can dig in and find additional trends and uh, pieces of information that, that could conversation forward. Well, one of the questions that I came across uh, very quickly when I was going through your results was one on teacher preparation uh, before they entered the profession, and I, I was surprised to see that only a third thought they had received academic uh, instruction that was uh, excellent, and less than a fourth thought that they uh, had proper instruction in how to manage student behavior in the classroom. So, do you have any observations on those findings? Um, absolutely. I, I think that the findings around teacher preparation are, are similar to where what from a lot of teachers that um, they felt underprepared once they got in their classroom to uh, deliver on the complex responsibilities that teachers have. One encouraging data point is when you isolate early career teachers, so teachers that are under the age of 30, um, they have higher levels of satisfaction with their teacher preparation programs. 
which indicate that there's been some improvement in that area, um, but that many teachers are still showing up on the first day feeling like they had a lot of skills, whether it's around classroom management or differentiation or using data, um, uh, just their core content materials that, that, they, that they were in their preparation based on what they feel like they need on their first day. Well, one of the issues that often comes up in education is the rapid turnover of the teaching profession. Uh, people come in and they teach for a few years and then they, they move on to other things. Uh, but you find that 80% of the teachers say they, uh, are, they, th they plan to remain their entire career as a classroom teacher. Uh, I was surprised that you found that high a percentage. What, what do you, how do you make of, what do you make of that? I would agree with you. I was surprised at that high percentage, but also excited by it um, because as you're right. We know that there is pretty extreme turnover within the teaching profession. Um, you know, a few other data points that I would add on there is again, if you isolate early career teachers, there is they are more likely to say that they are going to leave the teaching profession than their more veteran peers. Um, so we saw some differences between early career teachers and, and, and more veteran ones. We also saw a lot about, you know, what is it, when you ask a teacher, are you going to leave or not leave, I think um, with any public perception survey, uh, you know, it's hard to sort of admit even sometimes to yourself if you are going to leave. And so I looked at some of the other questions around what would it take to retain teachers. Um, and we saw very clearly that teachers really want leadership opportunities within their schools. Um, they want uh, to feel like they have a pathway to increase their impact while staying in the classroom. Um, but not surprisingly to me, only about 43% of teachers said that they feel supported by their administrators to pursue leadership. And so sometimes I think our attrition is driven by that gap. Teachers wanting to pursue leadership opportunities, coach or a mentor um, or a curriculum lead, um, and not feeling like they have a pathway or the support from their administrators to distribute leadership across the building. Well, I guess the schools are set up so you're either a teacher or you're an administrator, and there the twain shall meet. Is that, is that one of the problems that we have? I definitely think this survey data would say that's one of the problems that we have. Um, that you know, teachers are feeling, uh, they're looking down the, the, their career and saying, am I going to be doing the same thing in 15 or 20 years that I'm doing now? Um, and a lot of that they're excited by, but then they're also asking questions about how am I growing and learning um, and developing as a professional? How am I expanding my impact with my peers and my students? And I think that's one of the, the larger contributing factors to the attrition rate. The other big factor that we saw is there's deep insecurity across teachers that came out in this poll. That, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, the promise is you would come into the teaching profession and earn a solid salary and have the promise of a really strong retirement. And now teachers have questions about you're coming in with much more debt um, and real questions about am I going to earn enough to be able to pay off that debt, buy a home, um, you know, support a family, uh, and is the retirement, are the pensions that are, that's going to still be around and as, tension, as pension tiers become less generous, I think teachers are, are getting worried about the financial stability of their profession as well. Yeah, well, it comes through loud and clear uh, uh, from many of your questions that teachers are concerned about their salaries and certainly uh, would like to see uh, increases in salaries. Uh, 
But I thought it was sort of interesting that teachers were ready to support the idea of extra compensation for those who received outstanding evaluations. And, and also a majority of the teachers uh, favored extra compensation for those who had students that were showing real academic gains over the course of the year. Uh, now the unions don't tend to support those policies. So um, despite the fact that the teachers approve of their unions and they're, you know, they're, they're not uh, anti-union in any way, even the ones that aren't members of the union say they think a union should be around, but there is a difference between what teachers say and what the unions say when it comes to recognizing especially talented teachers. Yeah, I think that that's the key disconnect. And, you know, one of the things that we asked was, to what degree do you believe your perspective as a teacher representative by your union? Um, I'm pulling up the number exactly, but I think it was, you know, around 40% of teachers feel well represented by their union in, a, well, in terms of their representation by their union. And there's a there is that disconnect. I also think you're right. Teachers are looking for lots of pathways to increase their salary and are open. Um, and we saw early career teachers and teachers of color are much more open to um, alternative payment uh, options like rewarding really high performing teachers or rewarding teachers that are in hard to staff schools and subject areas. So I do think you're right that that disconnect exists. I also think this is an area where teachers are going to continue to push their union to think. Um, uh, a little bit more out of the box about how can we increase salary for teachers, um, particularly in the schools and communities where we have the hardest time retaining them. Now, Evan, about a third of the teachers said they sometimes or even often feared for their own physical safety. Uh, that That's a big number. That's a big percentage. Uh, are they from a, a particular type of school or is can you add some information to that finding? Sure. So this, I think this was a thing that surprised many of us when we saw it. Um, and we also saw that it was, it was pretty widespread, that there was in urban schools, these statistics were slightly higher. Um, but across the country, I think teachers are worried right now. And they said in the survey that their top fear is around gun violence. Um, and I think the Part of the motivating factor, and we should think about all perception surveys, they happen at a moment in time. And this was in the field in April and May at the height of the debate around um, what we should be doing around gun control after the really tragic shooting at Stoneman Douglas and the follow-up shootings that we saw in other schools. Um, and so I think this was top of mind for teachers at the time. But I also think we should reflect as a country of what it means when a third of our teachers, the adults in the fearing for their safety um, and what that could mean for what they're worried about and thinking about as they go to the classroom today. Because we know that if you're scared, it's going to affect your ability to teach and it's certainly going to affect your ability to learn. So this is a number that I found very, very concerning um, and I think we need to have a much broader conversation around how to make sure schools are safe places where relationships can be built and learning can happen. Uh, so, Evan, non-union teachers say that the most important reason they don't join a union is that they don't want to pay dues. And, and so it doesn't seem like they're in principle against the union. It's more like they're, you know, they don't want to pony up the money. So uh, how important is this for 
what we should expect once the Janus decision is implemented and it's going to be easier to avoid paying for union representation in the collective bargaining process. Are we going to see a fall off in union membership? Well, I think this is a really key question, and we tried to get at it in several ways. So first we saw that even non-union teachers think unions are really important. Eighty-four percent of them said they're critically or, 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 or just important. Um, Ninety percent of all teachers uh, think that unions are important. At the same time, we saw that about 12 percent of unionized teachers said that they would opt out of their union um, or that they wouldn't opt back in if they were given the opportunity. So I do think we will see some drop-off, but I don't think it is going to dramatically decrease the power and influence of unions in the short term. A few of the other statistics that gave me a little concern for our unions is almost a quarter of teachers said that they're only in the union because they have to be. Um, and so I think it's an important moment for our unions to be thinking about the services that they can provide. How can they engagement with the teachers uh, that are their members so that they see the union as being more than just job protection um, and more fundamental to their growth and development professionals. One of the teachers that helped release the report, an active leader in her union in UTLA, uh, talked on the panel about how she wants to see her of this work, be in the field surveying its members, holding focus, really understanding the perspective of teacher members so that they do a better job of fighting for what they want and need. Uh, but at the same time, uh, one of the things that teachers want, especially from their unions, is that they do fight for higher salaries, better working conditions, better benefits. So that's probably fairly consistent with union priorities now. So is there that much of a disconnect between what unions are doing and what teachers want on the ground? I think that you're right, that teachers absolutely want their union to focus on those core bread and butter issues. Um, but they also, on some of the other issues, the policy issues that maybe are secondary in their importance around evaluating teachers in schools or how pay structures operate and work, we do see a growing divide some of the union's positions and what was reflected on teachers' perceptions here. And I think we see that in the community across the country. It's not just that teachers want their union to fight. They also want their union to fight for really great quality education for kids, and that's equitable funding, but it's also to ensure that there are great teachers in every classroom um, and to ensure that uh, students are getting all of the services that they need. When we ask some other questions about should the union be leading on other issues, whether it's around immigration or health care, there was also really high numbers of saying we all have a union to lead on these things, um, but just as important as some of the core bread and butter issues. Yeah, it seemed to me like uh, you did not find as much dissatisfaction with uh, union leadership as you felt that maybe it was costing more in dues than they were getting back in benefits. I know you asked a question along those lines, and uh, and a, a fairly high percentage of, of teachers uh, um, sort of complained about the cost of union membership. Do uh, you think that this is a strategy that unions might follow downstream as uh, maybe cutting back on this, the dues? So we did see a high number of teachers that say they felt like the union's dues were greater than the services that they received. Um, 
I think that as unions are potentially losing some membership, it'll be difficult to lower dues. And so I think this is a question of, I actually think the unions are doing a lot more things than most members know about. And my advice, if they were asking me, think about how do we better communicate all of the services and things that the union is doing and all of the work that it has done to improve the quality of education for kids. And at the same time, I think teachers are really asking their union to recommit to them as they recommit to their union. And, and in asking that, I think they're saying, you know, we want you to be much more of an advocate for our profession broad, um, and for our growth. I just continued to underlying trends throughout this survey of teachers saying they really want to ensure to help them professionally. Um, and only 55% of union members currently believe the union helps them professionally. So I think that's a number, if I was a union, that I'd be really focused on increasing because the teachers we talk to, um, you know, their, their biggest priority is just feeling like they're doing great at their job in their classroom. Well, I'm sure that teachers around the country and teacher union leaders around the country are going to uh, pick through your survey with great care. Thank you very much, Evan, for sharing these results with me today on the Education Exchange. I have been Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, I've been speaking with Evan Stone, co-CEO for Educators for Excellence. The organization has just finished a survey and just released a survey of teacher opinion on many key questions from, and they've surveyed teachers from across the United States. Thank you, Evan, for joining me on the Education Exchange. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me for a new Education Exchange podcast, which is released on the Education Next website every Monday at noon Eastern time. Thank you for joining me today.